The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum everyone and you're listening to Sisters Speak on Inspire 105.1 FM and you're here with me Faiza and me Mariam and today we are going to be discussing charity. So before we get into that, Mariam, let us know what our show is about. So our show is a platform for Muslim girls to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and even form discussions on general topics such as religion, culture, politics and social media. We want to note that all opinions and views are our own and respect all other opposing views. Um, I just want to add another note. We're going to be talking about um, mental health and anxiety, so that might be triggering for some. So please do listen. Um, please be yeah. mindful of that. Yeah. So if you do want to get involved in today's show, you can call us on 015824818822. You can text or WhatsApp us on 0779481822. Or you can even comment on our Facebook Live, which I think is going live. Yeah. Uh, so comment down below there and let us know your thoughts, views and opinions on that too. So before we get into that, we do this little segment on our show every single week. It's the thought for the week. So it's just something we want to share with each other, something that may be beneficial. Maybe you have a thought yourself, you know, to those who are listening that you would want to share with other people that you think would be beneficial, not just for yourself, but for them as well. So yeah, Mariam, what's your thought for the week? My thought of the week is it's about how we frame our thinking. I think we don't realise how powerful thoughts are. I know that sounds a bit cliche because it's thought of the week, yeah. but we're so mindful of how we feed our bodies. You know, we, we, we want to exercise so we are healthy, we want to eat healthily, we drink a lot of water. We look at all these tips and uh, tricks to um, help us sustain our function, like the way we function. Um, but we don't think about our thoughts. We don't govern our thoughts. We don't think, are we feeding ourselves negative thoughts? Are we feeding ourselves um, thoughts that, you know, might, might inhibit us from succeeding? Or are we, are we telling ourselves that we can't do something when we actually can? These are all thoughts. They're not actions. They're not something that's concrete. Um, and it makes me think that, you know, when, we, uh, when a situation happens and when we experience something, it's, there's a figure that shows, um, that I read online, th- that when something happens to you, 20% of the situation is in your control and 80% is your reaction. Do you have you heard of that? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So, Especially when you're angry, I think. Yeah, so, you know, the variable is your reaction. Mm-hmm. You can't con- if you can't control something, why worry about it? Right. So, you know, in that sense, I think that it's so important that you take a step back and you think, well, I can't control some a a few things, but the way I react can control can be controlled. So say if you have an extremely stressful situation, um, say if you have exams, the way you react to your exams can either maximize your success or it can um, decrease your ability to succeed. So. For me personally, because I've said this on the show before, I get overwhelmed quite quickly. It's about understanding that my thoughts are the biggest driving force of how I experience something. And I think it's really important to be in tune of what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. 
um, and making sure that I'm feeding myself positive thoughts. And I, and I think that relates to faith as well. I think if you, uh, we were just talking about this before the show, actually, is that we don't, we don't have faith in God. We don't, we don't show that faith in Allah that, you know, he's actually look after us. It's like this, it's like we go on a plane. We don't, once we're on the plane, we think, okay, we're going to get to our destination. We don't, think about the qualification that the, air, the, the the pilot has. We trust him. We trust him that he's going to take us to our destination mm-hmm. because we paid for it. We we have this assumption that everything's going to be okay. But what, how about we use that allegory to um, experience our life, that Allah's driving the ship that you're on, that, you know, wherever, you, wherever he takes you, as so long as you take the effort, to, so long as you take the steps towards something that you want to achieve, he's driving that ship and, and he has control over that. And I think for me personally, that really is comforting because you, there's so much you can do. You, you have a set amount of capacity and the rest is with Allah. And he's the best of planners. Mm-hmm. And I think Definitely. it's so important that you have these conversations with yourself because it reminds you that, you know, you, you, you don't have to carry the world on your shoulders. Allah's doing that for you. You just have to take the steps towards him. What's your thought of the week, Faisal? That's very... Um like, I don't know, it just seems like quite a lot, but at the same time, very effective. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, okay. how do you feel? Like, when you have a stressful situation, don't, do you not think that it's I more of your out. reaction? <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Away. I do the same exact thing. But do you ever do you ever catch yourself thinking that, wait, these are just thoughts in my head yeah, and they're just course. brewing in my head? Yeah. Like, sometimes you kind of over panic when you shouldn't panic. Uh, that much it's the overthinking aspect of it and I feel like if anyone else as well who is listening um, let us know your thoughts as well like when you're in such situations where you know your mind is constantly overthinking or it's panic like what's your first like how do you calm yourself down you know how Mm. do you get back to the rational thinking yeah it's rationalizing yeah let us know because I think everyone has their own different ways but what would you describe your way is then I think it's just like Breathing in and out, <laughs> like really. Well, that's like, interesting because I will talk about that in a hot topic. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, breathing uh, deeply, you know, just taking your breath, kind of maybe putting your mind to something else, you know, keeping busy away from it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does make sense, complete sense. Yeah. I just feel that, you know, especially as you grow older and you take on responsibilities you know you're going to, you know this life is a test Allah gave this is not going to be easy you know for Muslims this world is a test and the akhirah is when you you know it's your eternal life and I think that's another comforting thing that everything is temporary good and bad is temporary that your whatever hardship you have it's going to be over for mm-hmm. example Faiza alhamdulillah you got you, you have you uh, had you lots of yeah. yeah you have lots of you you um yeah. sorry I'm just you have different blessings yeah basically. you have different blessings and you know you, you get the unexpected you know you know there's some things that happen to you and you know you really want them to happen and Allah gives you that and it, it becomes unexpected yeah. so you know and that I, I experienced the same thing like you know something unexpected happened to me but you know I prayed and prayed and prayed but some yeah uh, do you have um, a comment yeah kashmala i think that's your name i'm not sure if it isn't then please correct us but she just said you just have to think that i am exactly where allah wants me to be i couldn't agree more i think that's completely 
she's absolutely correct yeah. because you know sometimes it's having that faith it's having that faith you, i think you just think that i you, should be yeah. in you know we have this set plan is a b c and d so why aren't i ha- why haven't i reached b exactly. you know you think you're standing still but maybe allah wants you to jump to d there's more success in d and i think you know with what shamila did she say kashmala kashmala sorry kashmala said um kashmala kashmala <laughs> sorry kashmala apologies for that it's it's about reminding yourself that Allah has destined, uh, has planned everything out for you, and it's it's just having that patience. I think that's another thing that we don't consider. We don't we don't be patient in in the test that we are given, and yeah. we don't believe that you know something's going to happen. Yeah, and the key word there being patience as well. I feel like sometimes we just ordinarily kind of just give up after one try. We give up, which is kind of ridiculous. That's me. <laughs> about it. But at the same time, having so much faith and patience you will be exactly where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to be and that is in the best place. Where else would you want to be apart from where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to be? And it's it's knowing that he actually has chosen this path for you. I think that's a blessing because, you know, he just wants you to be grateful. I think yeah. patience and great gratitude, they are very intertwined. Definitely. I think we... We, we shouldn't I think there's a very bland line if you're grateful you know that Allah's giving the best for you but if you're patient you know that you know something's gonna, good's yeah. gonna come so in, in the when you have grat- gratitude you are able to uh, confront the situation Definitely. and when you're patient you're able to, it's, it's sustainable you, you can wait for something uh, to come so we have our hot topics and now everyone listening as well please do um, let us know as well um Coming to the middle of Ramadan. We're literally in the middle of Ramadan. It's what, the 16th fast today? Yeah, the 16th fast. That's bang on middle of one day after. One day after, but yeah. How are you feeling? I think this Ramadan has been completely different for me because um, I'm working full time. This is my first time working full time, 9 to 5 job. Um, and so the way I experienced Ramadan the last two years different yeah the, like since my whole life to be honest I, it's, it's always been according to my flexibility but this time it's you know I have commitments work commitments and then I have to come home and I have to travel I have to commute so it's just been quite challenging but it has it has made me think that how flexible Islam is like you yeah. can adjust yourself according to the life you live Definitely. it's not rigid and you know it's not to say that I'm not I'm not gaining the same rewards that I did um the last Ramadans I did even though it may appear to be that I had mm. I did more in quantity but my sincerity has increased this Ramadan yeah I I feel more connected I feel that you know I, even yeah, though same. I feel that even though you know I'm like if someone was to count up what I did in previous Ramadans and they count up what I did this Ramadan, they'd be like, you know, it's not oh, even, com- yeah. com- it's not even like compa- a significant kind of. Yeah, they'll be like, it's, that's not something to even compare. But I feel in terms of sincerity, I feel that the deeds that I'm doing, I feel more connected to Allah. I feel that, you know, I'm actually you know achieving what I wanted to achieve in Ramadan and that's yeah. getting closer to Allah. And I think. For me and other Ramadans, it was just a competition of reading the most Quran. And I'm not saying that reading Quran is a bad thing. Of course, you know, it's the best thing to do. But for me, I'm taking it slow. And I think that is building that personal relationship with Allah. Yeah, 100%. I agree as well. Anyone else feel the same? How is like, how are you feeling now that it's the middle of Ramadan? You know, are you feeling, is it kind of like reaching that? the slump kind of thing mm. like now you're just so used to it it's just kind of becoming a routine which is a good thing you know is it still tiring 
you know, how are you spending this Ramadan? Is it better than last? Because I feel like some days, some days are better than others, of course. Some days you're just so dehydrated and you get that horrible dehydrated headache. And then it's just like... And then do your radiation. <laughs> literally. But aside from that, how are you feeling? Because, you know, it's going by so quickly. It's, it's crazy how fast time flies. And, you know, just the other day we were talking about preparations for Ramadan. We were. It was here like we are and it's like the middle already. It's crazy. Soon That's... it will be the last 10 days. You I know? think this is our last show before the... No, no, no. We have one more show and then it's going to be the last one of Ramadan. No. Is it two more shows? No, one. This is it. This is the show. I think. No, next Tuesday we have one. One, two, three, four, five. I feel like it will like ease into the last ten days. Yeah, yeah. Next next week's show. Yeah. Next week's our last show for yeah. Ramadan until. No. Until Eid. we have fourth of June. Ramadan might be on Tuesday though. That's another debate we could have. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> But um, how is everyone feeling? You know, let us know your thoughts and um, text us in 0779481822 or comment on our Facebook Live. Moving on, Anxiety and Me documentary. Now, Mariam, do you want to take the lead on this? So on the weekend, I watched a documentary called Anxiety and Me, and it was featuring Nadia Hussein. So for those who don't know who Nadia Hussein is, she is the Great British Bake Off winner, um, and she won it in 2015. And she's been quite open um, about her mental health and her anxiety. And so this documentary was her journey in... um, she never uh, in her journey to con- confront her anxiety because she never took um, medical help. She never sought that. So it, for me, it was quite a big thing to watch because I suffer from anxiety. And I think Nadja is someone I could resonate with because she's also from Luton as well. Yeah. And um, I think for me, it was just seeing someone else experience anxiety. Of course, she had her own experiences and the way she uh, feels is is different to me. But, you know, when someone else suffers the same kind of um, illness as you, it's, 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 it's a very strange feeling to watch that. It's, it's a very raw feeling. And so what the documentary was about, um, it was her confronting anxiety, mm. actually openly talking about it because anxiety... For me, it's 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 very irrational. You have all these thoughts in your head, and and you think you're always in danger, and it's very exhausting because you think you always think the worst thing's going to happen to you, and you can't control it. There's no control over that, and you you keep thinking that the most worst possible thing is going to happen if you're to do something, or you you feel so inad- inadequate, or you feel so incapable, or you or you, or you feel that you know you feel so sluggish, but you physically can't do something because your anxiety is like bubbling in your throat it's like it's like strangling in your throat and she was describing all these feelings um and she 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 just um talked about one incident that can put maybe can put things into perspective so she went to the um supermarket and i can't recall the exact incident but she was supposed to buy coriander but she accidentally bought parsley and she had a massive breakdown and she told her husband take the kids away because for her that was that was that was a massive trigger yeah and she was she she felt like she couldn't breathe and it was just a very very um it was a very difficult situation for her and so this documentary shows you know made it forced her to speak about what she feels because when you have anxiety it's so easy to bub like 
hold it in. Yeah, and you don't you don't want it when you talk about it, even just talking about it, it triggers your anxiety because you don't you don't know how to even express it. Yeah. It's so hard to express. And you don't know how to kind of yeah. put into words what exactly you're feeling. Yeah, and then it, it, it doesn't make sense. So then that triggers more anxiety because somebody else doesn't understand what you're saying mm. or you feel like someone's going to think you're insignificant because they don't understand what yeah. what's going on in your exactly head. You're like feeling. even just saying that, you know, sometimes getting out of bed is so hard. Like people will think, wait, what? Getting out of bed? Such a, yeah. such a small thing people would it think it can be very like misunderstood yeah that's what anxiety is very very misunderstood i think because it's an invisible illness yeah. so she actually went to she took two routes um in her treatment one was a cbt which is cognitive behavior therapy and she tried medication um she did say that she did try medication before but after two weeks without a uh, doctor's help uh, without their um suggestion she t- took off took herself off the medication mm-hmm. which is not advice at all um uh, and she, because she kept feeling physically sick, her physical symptoms were really, really uh, bad. And she was saying in the documentary that she had, um, there was it wasn't really explained to her the medication that she was taking and why she's taking that medication. So she just gave it up, like she didn't see the outcome of it. Um, and the doctor, when she went to another doctor, the doctor said there's a lack of resources. So that's why, you know, f- instead of having a 15 minute consultation, you know, there's not just not enough resources for them to um, explain all the side effects and, you know, the reasons for it. So there was that conversation. But what I find particularly interesting was the cognitive behavior therapy, because um, I've been to counseling before. So this for me was quite interesting and in how uh, she confronted her anxiety. So one of the strategies she said that when she has anxiety, which what you related to uh, in early on the show was she breathes in and out. Mm. So what the the psychologist did is made her just breathe breathe in and out for no reason. So she did that for five minutes, but she broke into tears. She broke into tears because she start recalling all the negative like oh. um, things that happened to her, which I will be talking about afterwards. And he was saying that that's actually an ineffective way to handle your anxiety so breathing breathing yeah because lock like sometimes i do it and it's like it's not helping yeah so and i was like whoa that actually happens to me when i breathe Talking in and to someone helps breathing in and out is actually it, it actually does yeah. feel like my my chest is getting tighter because you're thinking too much like i need to breathe i need to breathe i need yeah. to breathe um or oh, and how i'm focusing on like how you should breathe and you yeah. know breathing right and yeah so like it, it it triggers a lot so what happened to her which is which is really sad and actually made me cry that she got bullied when she was young and she went to i think it was high school or i can't remember if it was high school or primary school yeah but people bullied her for the uh, color of her skin and they they oh. forced her put her head in the toilet and they f- kept flushing it and oh my goodness because of that she has this fear of dying all the time which i i i when i watched that tears just rolled down my eyes because i just thought that experience she had years ago has is still affect- affecting her for today and i think that's something with anxiety people think oh just get over it but you yeah. can't it's and this is the anxiety in me documentary right yeah anxiety yeah. me and documentary um and people just say you can get over it uh, you know forget about it but you can't you when can't. something is it's so ingrained deep, yeah. in your head in if it might seem so insignificant if it's so ingrained in your head every situation you experience you know you you, you're on defense mode you're scared something's going to happen because that's what anxiety is it's you have that adrenaline that you know you need to protect yourself you become so defensive and then once you on that once once those feelings are over then you feel really low because you're Mm -hmm. like 
you need to rationalize what yeah. you just said all these emotions you just had you you acted in emotion and now you have to the aftermath you have to pick that up and you so you're so conscious of how people are perceiving you're so conscious of you know what uh, people are going to say to you that that you know look what she's look, look what she's done and look how she reacted it's such a small thing mm. but to you it's like a mountain you're carrying a mountain and, and for Nadia to you know break those barriers and you know talk about mental health because you know the from the community yeah. that we're from i think you know it's it's such an inspirational thing that she's um she's doing she's doing yeah. and you know it's not easy to talk about when especially when you're a public figure mm. it's easy it's not easy for me to talk about anxiety on the radio show for me even it's 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 a struggle to talk about it but i always hope that someone else out there will think you know if someone who's suffering anxiety is on a radio show i'm sure that they can if you have anxiety then you can do it too yeah. you can you can achieve whatever you want to of achieve course. um and but being in a public in the public eye i can i cannot imagine how much how much courage it takes to you know it's the most open up about that to open well. up about it it's, it's such a vulnerable thing to talk yeah. about anxiety is, having mental health issues is such a vulnerable thing and um for her to you know tell us her story and you know and especially such a story like that as well uh, yeah tell us her story and you know publicly publicly you know take that um seek that help and show us i think she really should be commended and i think you know for those people who do suffer anxiety and you know do suffer mental health you don't never think you're a, you're alone there's always help out there there's oh. always help out there you know even if you tell a friend and you know don't be scared of their reaction if they react negatively, it's it's you're not the problem. Yeah, it's the person that's the problem. Definitely. And if you feel like your family's not understanding and and you know they 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 just don't connect to what you're feeling, then seek other services. If you're in school, there's there's a counselor. If you're in high, if you're in secondary school, there's services. If you're in, in university, yeah, there's second uh, there's many services. There's so many services. If you're in work, there's uh, occupational help. Yeah, of course. There's there's so many there's services. There's so many helplines as well. That can there's helplines. Help you, you don't just, want to talk to anyone that you know or you're scared. Yeah. Yeah. About what might and happen. I think with those services it's actually kind of great because you don't know these people yeah. so you can unload it's easier without to unload to a stranger than it is to someone yeah in some you know. way it is actually easier or yeah. you find another platform maybe you know adopt creative writing and you know express your views there because um, I have a friend uh, he won't mind me saying this uh, I have a friend mm. um, and he I met him on my first year of university in creative writing and mind you all of us we we both suffered anxiety a lot like we were like very very anxious and um i remember he never used to say anything i never used to say anything because we both were really anxious but at the end of the year i found out he has like this instagram profile that he's quite big poetry person his yeah. name is uh, instagram name is the smiling Ach. i don't know if you've heard of it but he uses creative writing as his platform and his medium to express himself and yeah. that has helped him you know manage and cope with his anxiety and he's inspired so many other people so i think it's just finding that thing that helps you and having that support network, you know, if you don't find that support network, find something that will actually positively impact you and something that you enjoy because you need to you need to rationalize your thoughts. You need to take it out of your mind. Otherwise, it's just going to brew and it's just it's just going to um, it's just going to make you feel low and low and low. Yeah. And it's going to make you drown. Yeah. Um, I think we have a comment from someone who correct me if I'm wrong. I think her name is uh, Alia. And she said, and the stigma against people who talk about it is that, oh, she's an attention seeker, uh, especially if you're a public speaker. And Asians seem to put it on, you know, gins and stuff. 
which is wrong mm. you know the anxiety aspect of it especially mental health as well yeah i think it's putting it on it's, it's, i think the attention seeking thing is attention true. seeking thing because is true it's the misunderstanding there's no understanding of some people can't explain their feeling like what they're feeling exactly when they're feeling you know anxious when they're feeling panicked when they have any like anxiety in general you can't mm. fully explain it to someone for example like you just said you know getting out of bed is can be such a huge thing for some people whereas other people just mis- be like, what's the big deal yeah people have a misconception that you're being lazy but it's like you're fighting yourself you, yeah. I, I can't explain it. it's like you're so exhausted and you don't know why but yeah, as uh, as the the comment said, what, what what's her Alia. name? Alia. Alia said, sorry, Alia. Uh, thank you for your comment. Uh, people people have put displace it on you know it being other things. Yeah, or like oh uh, she wants attention, that's why she's doing, it, which is ridiculous, especially nowadays. I w- uh, it's not that um, the generation above us didn't suffer mental health; they yeah. just didn't recognize it. It's like and they it's didn't like, speak about it. It was kind of like a foreign concept. Like, it's, it's a, a foreign very taboo topic it's not spoken about people don't want to discuss it because you know but they didn't recognize it and i i give that to them they didn't recognize it and they didn't they didn't know that they're suffering this it's like if you have an illness but you don't know about it yeah how are you supposed to treat yourself and how are you supposed to even talk about it if no one knows what yeah if you're not educated about how you're supposed to recognize it in yourself or someone else so you know those people that think it's attention seeking you know Something that um, reevaluate it, please. Something that um, AXA said, and that something that I really, really uh, resonate is with that if someone's reacting or behaving a certain way, take a step back and think what's driving them to yeah. to feel do that. There must be a driving force, mm-hmm. and when you unpack that, you'll like, be able, you'll able to understand, understand them. Yeah, them. and like even putting yourself in someone else's shoes, like you know why are they. Yeah, and I think that's something that the like Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did. He yeah. he tried to understand his people. You know, when he talked to someone, he, like and being empathetic towards each other. He that's moved what it his is. entire yeah. body to talk to someone. What does that show? You're attentive to the people that you talk to. Yeah, we'll discuss the rest of this after the break, inshallah. So please do join us after the break, where we'll be discussing more, and also we'll be discussing charity, inshallah. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Salaam alaikum, welcome back to Sisters Speak on Inspire 105.1 FM. And just before the break, we were discussing... We were discussing mental health and Nadia Hussein's documentary. Yes. And now we will be discussing our main topic, which is charity, inshallah, um, which is very, very important, especially in this month of Ramadan. Um, it's very important, in fact... So, Mariam, straight off the bat, what is charity? You love these one-word announcers, don't you? <laughs> I actually Googled this just for you. Oh, Google. <laughs> so charity, uh, in definition, is when you volunteer to give someone that is in need this your services or just to help them in any shape or form. Is that sufficient for you, Visa? Very, very sufficient. Thank you very much for that. Now, um, what we will discuss is quite a few things in relation to charity, but those who are also listening, please do join in on our discussion as well, because I think it's very important to kind of, you know, you know, giving charity. Why is that important? You know, feeling like we take things for granted. How can we humble ourselves? And, you know, what other things can we do to, you know, give to charity? So let us know your thoughts and views and opinions. So you can WhatsApp us on 0779481822. You can call us into the studio on 1582481822. Or you can even comment below on our Facebook live stream. Um, so yeah, what forms of charity are there? There's many types of charities. So I think the main thing that people think when it comes to charity is, is giving money. money. 
Yeah. So there's different types of charity and even the most basic one in our religion is smiling. Yeah. It's amazing. Like Oh, Faisal just gave <laughs> such a beautiful smile that I wish you guys can see it. They can see it if they're watching on Facebook Live. <laughs> do comment us do comment in as well. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so different forms of charity. Different forms of charity. Even giving up your time for someone, um, even carrying someone's bags in Sainsbury's. If, if they, if you see that they're in need, that could be charity because yeah. you're helping someone. I think charity and helping is are just they're interconnected or they mean the same thing. I think yeah. this is, for me, it's kind of the similar same thing. Of course. So the types of charity I would say is uh, volunteering, um, offering your services in some some shape or form to someone yeah you know helping someone carry their bags someone helping someone carry their carry bags. bags even helping your mom at home visiting the ill visiting, visiting the, the ill i think i think we never talk about visiting the ill i think some, it's something we undermine so yeah. much you actually get so much reward by visiting the sick what other forms of charity are there that can that you can think of helping one another in general helping I one another in general what yeah. I think personally it put, give someone in is ease. that we kind of, obviously charity we associate with giving, donating money, etc. However, I think if we come away from that, it there's different forms. You know, some people, like, you know, in certain households, it could be the fact that, you know, they don't have enough to donate. But there are other ways to be charitable, you know, being charitable mm-hmm. in your actions, being charitable in your words, you know, something you could say something to someone and it could honestly just bring them so much happiness. And, you know, giving advice, advising someone, you know, if they're feeling lost or they need a little bit of guidance, that's one form of charity, you know, different things. I think sometimes we get too caught up in this whole, you know, if you donate, you have to donate like you. That's the only way to give to charity. But it's not. There are so many different ways. You're right there, Mariam. Yeah, I'm just doing the Instagram live. Right, great. <laughs> um, so, why is it important to give to charity? Why is it important to give to charity? It's important because it obviously you're you're helping someone in need, and um, you're aiding someone. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just just setting up the connection. Right, never mind then. <laughs> sorry, so sorry. Say that question question again. Why is it important to give to charity? I think it's important to give to charity because you're you're helping someone, and also I think it makes you humble. It it makes you grateful yeah. for what you have, and it allows you to to um, be conscious of your blessings. Of because we, I think it's so easy to um, have that misconception that whatever you've been given is entitlement, but it's not. Yeah. It's something that God has given out of His favor. And also, like, zakat charity. It's the third pillar of Islam. It's a big part of us as Muslims, you know? Mm. Whether it be donating money, whether it be smiling, whether it be giving advice to someone, whether it be volunteering at an event, there are so many ways of being charitable. And I feel like sometimes this kind of goes slightly, like, it doesn't happen as much yeah, as Yeah, I think we just uh, equate giving money um, with being charitable. But yeah. it's not, as you said before in the show, it's about, you know, what you have in your means and whatever um, your capacity is. In any way you can help, that is charity. Yeah. It's just helping. There's no there's no designated way to exactly. help. In that hadith um, of Sahih Bukhari, it even says, the Prophet said, your smile for your brother is a charity. Your removal of stones, thorns or bones from the parts of people is a charity right. and your guidance of a person who is lost is charity 
You know, there are so many different things that you can associate with being charitable. And sometimes it only takes, what, one minute, one second to do these kinds of things. And even even picking up litter exactly. and, if, and, some, and you know someone's going to fall down. If you pick that litter up, you save someone. That's charity because yeah. you offered your, uh, your services to someone else and, that, and you're saving someone else. That re- kind of relates to, you know, whether it's easy or difficult to be charitable. Because, again, like we said before, some people, well, you know, people associate it with donating money. And some people might find that difficult. Whereas if you're doing as such, you know, other charitable things, you're helping people you're able to give it's easy charity if that makes sense yeah and and i I think people don't realize that it's not the amount you do with anything in in your religion i think it's the sincerity so i watched this talk and uh the scholar was saying that you know if you have 10 pound and you give two pound that's more beloved to allah it could be more beloved to allah than a person who has a million pounds and they give twenty thousand pounds but in for us, we just think, wow, twenty thousand like pounds. So it's such yeah. a hefty sum, and we see that two thousand. We see that two pound, and we think, well, that's not going to contribute to anything. But in the eyes of Allah, that could be the most blessed two pounds. That could be the driving force to help someone else. Definitely. And you don't know how much capacity it has because Allah's blessed that. And I think it's just framing your intentions. I think mm. it really relates back to your intentions and how much um, you're willing to, you know. Go for the sake of Allah and do things for the sake of Allah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Alia, who did comment before as well, she commented again, like, thank you so much for listening into our show and commenting do as well. Do you comment on the Instagram live? I can see some people. Hello. Yeah. Um, she said, also, because you're showing Allah that what we receive is not ours, but what he has bestowed on us. And yeah. by giving, you're trying to equalize with people who have less. Again, couldn't agree more. Especially when it comes down to... Now, I don't know how others might feel about this, but again, let us know your thoughts and views and opinions. But when we see those adverts, now this is like just a question posing to all the listeners out there. Let us know your thoughts as well. When you see adverts about those in third world countries, those who don't have, you know, what we have, they're they're basically in war zones. How How does that make you feel? Because I, like, I don't know how to kind of phrase this. From some understanding, it can be, you know, some people, they can't bear to look at it because it's just so heartbreaking. Like, they they literally can't bear to look at it. Whereas others, you know, they will kind of compare the struggles, like, you know, I have so much, you know, they have so less, I must do this to kind of equalise that struggle kind of thing. How does that make you feel, you know, seeing such adverts or you know comparing the struggles what are your thoughts i think comparing the uh comparing yourself to the struggles and watching the adverts are two separate things yeah i course. think um seeing those adverts for me personally i'm i'm the former what you just described um, so you can't bear to i can't bear to see it i think it's it, too it, heartbreaking it's too heartbreaking for me i think i'm not strong enough to watch i can't watch the duration without feeling upset about it is it one of those and i feel i don't know if i should be selfish yeah because uh, my automatic response is to change the channel. Uh, after two minutes, I'm like, no, I can't watch it. I feel sorry for them. I'm changing the channel. I want to distract my mind. But that is what people are suffering. And yeah. it, it is, it's sad, of course, you know, I feel, ins- I don't know if, if this is correct or not, but I feel that is quite insensitive of me because I'm not being grateful. But um, I think those adverts are effective. But at the same time, sometimes I feel, I don't know if this is correct, but... In some aspects, I feel like it is quite dehumanizing to some point, mm. because you know it's 
painting a brush over no not everyone is experiencing that of course everyone has different struggle and yes, we should be able to see that but i don't know i just i have like a very uh, very undeveloped view of it i would say <laughs> i think it's it's heartbreaking it's but sometimes heartbreaking, it kind yeah. of brings you to that reality of look there are I think so going many people home, suffering going back home or even even doing charity events like in in the UK and you and you go to for example um Luton Food Bank if you if you volunteer with them and you're offering your service and you see people that are around you that you know that you you would not assume people would have go hungry in the UK that's not assumption people would make yeah. not very quickly i would say so you know it's even being conscious of your surroundings uh, i know this sounds sound, sounds quite strange but you know when i used to look at laundry services like okay, okay. just hear me out Pfizer. <laughs> when i look at strange. laundry so, laundry services i used to think i feel i used to feel quite sad because i would i think there's some people that actually can't afford a washing machine mm. and they have to opt with using laundry. This is not to paint and brush on everyone, of course. It's just saying, you know, there are people that I need because I've watched documentaries and, you know, they have to save their money in, in any way possible to survive. And, you know, those that is a reality that's happening in the UK. It's a reality. And, you know, we're so privileged. Like a small thing like that, we have washing machines in our house and we can wash our clothes. Imagine we, that was taken away. Exactly. It's such a small, you know, we, we take things for granted, such small things that we're so accustomed to in our daily routines. Yeah. If something was to be taken out, how would we function? It's it's actually quite surprising, but it's, at the same time, it's kind of sad because, you know, Alhamdulillah, we're so lucky we're to incredibly have so blessed. many things. Like, we're very blessed. But... This the thing is that we're also like we still want 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 want. Mm. It's like there's not like when is enough? You know when is enough for you? You know all these whether it be material things, physical things, I don't know, emotional things. When is like when is it enough? I think it's when we attach ourselves to materialistic things, whereas, emotions. Yeah, whereas we have those who are suffering and those yeah. who don't have all what we have but they are so grateful that's for the, the smallest things and you know alhamdulillah like it it's just it's so like shocking like you know a piece of clothing one date one like glass of water they become so like happy and grateful for such yeah. things and you know we take things for granted we waste things we can you know we don't you buy clothes we won't wear it and kind of just shove it to the back of our cupboard but we'll keep on buying and buying and buying you know i think you need to have that balance like enough is enough you know sometimes that five pounds that you, or how 500 pounds whatever you're going to spend on those trainers do you really need those trainers compared to however many other trainers you have in your or that cupboard? designer bag just this once just donate that money do something that will actually you know utilize not just you but that will utilize those out there as well as in you know you can help yeah. them you can bring a whole family together you can you know provide them iftar you know it's crazy there are so many different types of charity out there right now every single day especially in ramadan it's um amazing to see so many different charity events for different causes mm. different ways to get involved you know go for those you'll never know what you can do you never know what happiness you can bring to those out there who are literally and i think it brings the satisfaction in, yeah. in, in yourself and you know what's something that you just mentioned it makes me it just made me think that 
we attach ourselves to emotions, materialistic things, and all the things. Yeah, all the things that are unfulfilling. But what do people that have, um, I guess, less, uh, don't have these things, Mm. what do they have? They have gratitude and they have faith in Allah. And that is the most fulfilling thing. If you don't have that, then everything else will be empty. And that's why we keep seeking more and more and more because we're not being fulfilled. Whereas the people that are less fortunate than us, they, they have gratitude because Allah says, if you're grateful, He'll give you more. Definitely. Right, they have that belief that Allah will provide for them. Number one, number two, they're patient. They, they, no matter what the situation is, they're patient and and they know that there's there's a reason why Allah has put them in that situation. And they don't, yeah. and they don't, they don't, they're not hungry for you know materialistic gain. They're not hungry for you know um, very emptying things. I think when I think the most profound thing I've read online was that um, and something that I always kind of reiterate and I show is that when you, when you become a slave of Allah you are free from being a slave to everything else and I think that's such a true comment yeah. because you know it's so easy to become a slave of dunya yeah and that's very, not, and like, it's not it's not to say that you know you just abandon everything and you sit in a cave and and you do that because that's not <laughs> that's not that's not the healthy approach Islam teaches you balance and you know you have to use this dunya to you know, attain akhirah, right? Yes. There's there's a balance, um, and I think that one key thing that they have that makes them happy is the gratitude. If we were grateful, if you see um, people that are not Muslims, and I've seen a lot of uh, TED talks and things like that, what is the key to their happiness? They're grateful. They they remind themselves every single day three things that they're grateful for. Yeah, it's it's a positive way of framing your mind, and you appreciate what mm. you have. And that's a good point, actually. You know, at the end of every day, just or at the beginning of each day, remind yourself of three things that you're grateful for. You know, and you, you'll just think, well, actually, those three things. There's more. There's like a hundred things I mm. could be grateful for. The fact that I'm exactly. still sleeping on this warm it's bed, crazy. I've eaten food. Because, like, of course, you know, you need to be grateful and whatnot. But at the same time, remember, there are those out there who don't have what you have. And at the same time, you know, comparing it can be sometimes cliche however at the end of the day what will make you feel grateful what will kind of take that the need of wanting more and more and more and more away you know having so much faith that you know this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon you you know you should be grateful for that if what well, it can be taken away from you easily just as easily as it was given to you as well mm. and sometimes that's what happened that's my first thought as well when you know taking things for granted you know Definitely. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's given me this however he can easily take it away 100% so you need to you 100%. know be very careful be mindful of certain things don't you know this need for wanting more and more it's unhealthy it's not right and you know giving is just as amazing as receiving you know it's, I, would, I would argue it's even better because if yeah. Allah says that if you give charity, it doesn't decrease your wealth. Mm. That is so profound. Like it does not decrease exactly. your wealth. Allah, that means Allah's gonna Allah's gonna yeah. provide for you in one shape or form. Even in another hadith as well, um, Sahih Muslim. I'm sure it does say Prophet Muhammad sallallahu He did say, protect yourself from hellfire even by giving a piece of date as charity. Subhanallah. I think I've heard of that as yeah. well. It's it's amazing, you know, the simplest things are charitable acts. You can be charitable in your words, charitable in your actions. It's not just about the money, you know? 
it's not just a, even it's the way you you know say if you have um an anger problem let's just yeah. say you have an anger problem but you use this month to treat people extra nicely you know you you're trying to you know um confront your anger issues you're trying to you know um become more mellow for the sake of allah and you make someone's life easier by you know you're being more kinder to them you're you don't react angrily even if they anger you you, yeah. you don't react because you you just you want to maintain peace um that could be charity because you yeah. you're you're and i feel you're like, helping a situation yeah and i feel like that's the test for us is giving definitely that's, that's we want to receive we don't want to give exactly everyone <laughs> Listen. No one can say they don't like receiving because I'm sure every single person in the world loves receiving something. You and know? a prophet, he was scared to receive. So, so when he received, he wanted to give it away. Yeah. But like giving is, that's where the test is, you know? That's the way the, the blessings are. The smallest thing, you could do so much for someone who is in need of things, who is in need of, I don't know, advice, guidance, you mm. know, a smile, you know? The smallest thing can do so much for someone. You never know. And that's why I think it's always important, you know, be empathetic. Put yourself in other people's shoes sometimes as well. You know, there are days you might have your bad days, your worst days, you just hate the world. You just want to just kind of stay at home, bed, you know, no interaction. But remember, there is so much more to this world than you're kind of enclosed Mm. in, you know. Giving and receiving is entrenched in Islam, you know. And... By doing that, I feel like sometimes we're so engrossed in our world, like I just said, like, you know... Our bubble. Yeah. We kind of forget that there are so many things that we could be doing, you know? Even the thought of helping uh, one another, when does that ever come to your head? Like, when do you actually think about it? Because you're so... Every single day, you know, you have work, you have school, you have uni, you have exams, you have this, you have that. Mm. Have you ever taken the time out to think about, you know, other things? Like, giving to charity? Yeah, I agree. And that, helping someone else. I watched this talk and um, it was about how um, the, 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 the slowest thing that you can strive for is happiness and the highest thing that you can strive for is positive impact. Mm. So in between was like money, status, wealth, etc., etc. Those are the next stages. But the top thing is positive impact. And it was Islamic talk and it says, and it was talking about how if you strive for positive impact if you strive to actually be at service of Allah's people Allah will automatically give you status he will give you Definitely, wealth yeah. because and you won't you won't even want it you won't even desire it but Allah will do that for you and that's something I actually experienced in my university that you know I I wanted to I I am desperate to you know do some sort of service I'm but then Allah makes you the way. It's crazy how Allah will make the way for you. So if you if you serve Allah's people, believe me, I promise you Allah will make a way for you. Yeah. Because you're you're serving his people. So how can you how can he deny you of um blessings? How can he deny his your your service of his people? Definitely. He, he, you're, you're a facilitator. If you facilitate someone and you're say you're serving Allah's people, of course you're going to become beloved to Allah. Allah's gonna give you extra blessings exactly. because you're you're the medium in which other people are being helped. And I think if you frame your mind to think that way, that if I'm, 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 I'm I want to be a service to people, I want to, yeah. I want to serve Allah's people. Believe me, you will see like unexpected blessings. How else do you think we can be grateful? I think, um, or even humble ourselves. I think being humble ourselves is when we don't get something that we really want, and something doesn't go our way. I think, or when we start to feel negative. I think those kind of feelings 
that is the moment you try to be grateful even if it's paining you and you, and you just force yourself to say alhamdulillah yeah. and you keep saying it and just just think of one thing to latch on like having your mother alive like that's a big thing you can't yeah. imagine you can't imagine her not having your mom I like don't even want to think about like that that is a massive thing yeah you there know, are those out there who don't have anyone they don't have any family they don't have anyone they know they're a stranger and they literally just just want maybe a little bit of like affection or just yeah, someone of to just tell them everything's going to be okay you know and you know mothers are that they have jannah under their feet this for, it's for a reason yeah right so i think it's just you know all the things i've seen on this radio show is obviously a massive message to myself first and foremost definitely yeah so it's, it's just a reminder of myself yeah. because you know i'm the one who tends to overreaction situations i'm the one who tends to you know over get overwhelmed but you know it's taking two steps back and thinking actually this is a situation that has happened and even if you react badly but afterwards you reflect on it yeah that's okay even if people perceive you to be a very reactive person if you reflect on it and you try to improve even if it's one percent it doesn't matter if people are not looking at you and and they're not appreciating or acknowledging that you're trying if if you if you have that intention that actually i'm i'm trying my best it may seem at one percent for the rest of the world but yeah it's my best and i'm trying i think that is the comfort that you can give yourself like it's quite crazy how you know, we don't, sometimes we don't even realize that we're taking things for granted. And yeah. we're kind of so caught up in everything. You know, we actually do end up taking so many things for it's granted. It's like when you're stressed at university and you think, oh, I don't want to read another, yeah, I'm an English literature student, so I, I don't want to read another, <laughs> I don't want to read another book. But there's people out there crying to go to school. Yeah. They would love to be, they would love to cry just to read a book. Exactly. They, 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 they are so desperate to be educated and here at, here yeah. we are so easily saying, oh, I don't want to do this, I hate this. Yeah, and honestly, it does not take that long to donate. It can literally take five minutes, two minutes at most even, you know. And in the month of Ramadan, what could be more better? Even if you set yourself a goal, I'm going to smile at five people today. Give salam. On the last 10 days, you're just going to give one pound each or something you know yeah, the you, smallest we spend, things we spend money 10 pounds on meals the little kids in your family about yeah. Islam. it's like, like we, we're so easy to spend 10 pounds we don't think twice on on food exactly so quickly as well and in ramadan you don't even need the food during the day so that lunch money that you normally use you know give that to charity that's such a good idea that is yeah, a very good that idea. lunch money that you'd use every single day to eat your burger or your pizza or whatever you'd eat <laughs> give that to charity or your coffee don't have do a coffee something. one day yeah do something with that and i don't know maybe give something to someone help someone you know teach someone something even the little kids in your family like give them time them, yeah. give them your time i think spending you know, time with your uh, loved, ones, and loved ones especially your elderly we and there I are think so many benefits we, in we giving neglect to charity our elderly, as well. especially i would even um, i own up to you we neglect our elderly mm. so much they gag for our attention and love you know we, we should give them we should, that is the difference between you know um being and you know, having faith it, it makes you conscious you know you're supposed to be a community person you're supposed yeah. to be charitable giving time to your elderly people um is it's it's even uh, science you know suggests that you know when an elderly person is being talked to it really positively helps them yeah so helping people is not there's not one designated way exactly I'd say. there are so many different ways of helping people and now remember like i feel like the main important lessons here are it's the month of Ramadan. What could be more, like, how much how much reward can you gain, you know, from just giving something? The biggest test, giving, instead of, you know, receiving, of course. 
but give 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 charity is so important and I feel like sometimes we do kind of just forget about it but remember there are others out there who need this help who need that help and you could help them so you know give to charity as much as you can do as much as you can in the month of Ramadan you know make the most of these last the last well half of Ramadan that's left yeah Mm. but thank you so much for tuning in and thank you everyone who joined in our discussion please do join us next week inshallah six to seven salam alaikum thank you for listening to our podcast why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton